Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Today, we are talking about the Salvation Army, and I have the two head honchos in studio. Joining me today will be Major Barbara Rich and her husband, Major John Rich. They are the Metroplex Commanders for the Salvation Army DFW, and we're going to talk about a lot of things today. Because this is a busy time of year for the Salvation Army. First up is Major Barbara Rich. She is the Associate Commander of the Metroplex for the Salvation Army DFW. Did I put that all together you correctly? Did. That's a long title, though, isn't it? It's a long title, <laughs> but a well-deserved one. You've been doing this for a really long time, and we're lucky to have you as part of the Salvation Army here in DFW. Um is this the busiest time for the Salvation Army? Well, yes. Usually there's nothing like Christmas time. However, this is an unusual year in that on August 29th, we went into disaster services mode when Hurricane uh, Harvey hit. And so we've kind of been at a fast pace and a lot on the schedule, even beginning the end of August. So even though this is the busiest time of year for you guys, does it actually feel like it's a more calm time because it's been so hectic during uh-huh. the last year? I'm not sure I'd go that far. No, I don't think I (laughs) can say that. One of the things, though, that we did worry about coming into the season was would there be donor fatigue? Would people have helped so much during the disaster that now they're saying, well, you know, I'm not sure we can really, you know, take angels this year. And we saw a little bit of that, but really nothing significant. And we're very grateful. You joined me, how long ago was it? When was the last time you were in here? Do you remember? Was it last year? I guess it was probably last year. Oh, you're so memorable, and yet I'm just at a loss. I'm so, I, think it was a, I think it was a year ago. I think so I, I should be the one that actually remembers because I take <laughs> notes of these things. But um, we, we talked about all the things that you guys do for DFW. And if I remember correctly, you guys are, are one of the premier institutions as far as the Salvation Army is concerned, that you guys are, are kind of uh, leaders as far as this group is concerned around the nation. Yeah, I mean, we've been very, very fortunate to have the support of high-level people, citizens in this community, people like Ruth Alshuler and Margot Perot and people that are really household names who have just been incredibly generous in bringing their friends along. And so our advisory board in this area is just not comparable to any other. It is just a real powerhouse board. And that has allowed us to um, have a footprint in this community that is um, really unprecedented. Let's just give people uh, uh, a look at what the Salvation Army does for the DFW area real quick. And we're going to have a little mic switch, and we're going to be joined by Major John Rich. Yes, here in the DFW area, all year long, we really focus on issues related to poverty, homelessness, and addiction. Um, so we have programs every, everywhere from at-risk youth in a number of our after-school programs around the Metroplex. We serve veterans who find themselves in one of those situations, uh, senior citizens, as well as um, homeless families, homeless, homeless individuals. Um, so we're providing those kinds of services all year long. And then at Christmas, we ramp it up with things like Angel Tree and, and the Kettle Campaign, which helps support our efforts throughout the whole year. 
Okay, so let's. I'm going to let you guys pick. Okay, so we can talk about the Christmas dinner that we have coming up. We can go over kettles, or we can talk about angel trees. So, what would you guys like to start off with? Oh, I would love to talk about angel tree. Let's There's, talk about angel tree. There is nothing like walking through our warehouse, which is just really one of the places where we distribute. We have remote locations all over the Metroplex. And um, at this time of year, we're seeing incredible number of volunteers from all kinds of corporate um, partnerships where they're showing up and everybody's an elf. I mean, I made a joke the other day in the <laughs> I made a joke the other day in the um, warehouse when I was walking through and the three people were putting together a dollhouse. And I said, oh, wow, you guys really are the elves. And I said, we would have trouble if this was my husband's in my station because we're not really mechanical. We're not engineers in our family. I said, my husband's a CPA. He he might struggle with this. And they looked at me and laughed and said, all three of us are CPAs. That's all, all right. <laughs> so I'm, it just is an example of the, the variety of people that come and want to be hands-on and be a part of the Salvation Army's work because we have 50,000 angels and that includes some special needs seniors who are on our trees as well as um, children up to the age of 12. Is there an element of almost being overwhelmed at the scope of work that you guys are doing just for the angel trees because you said what 50,000 people are going to be receiving gifts from this and then you have all the people that donate and then you have all the people that help put together these packages and distribute there's a lot going on. It would be really overwhelming if this was something that they look to us to organize every year. But thankfully, we have staff who have been doing this for many, many years. And one of the best pieces of advice that we were given before we moved here was don't get in and, you know, don't try to make changes unnecessarily. Allow your staff and, uh, to do their job. And that's exactly what we do. And, um, and yet we don't want to miss out on the fun either. So I'm always walking through and talking to volunteers. And last week we had Coca-Cola come with their 1,500 angels and their teams get a pie in the face when, when they accomplish it all. I know. Wow. It seems a little like bullying to me and I I always go up with my pie because they want us to start it off and say nothing says thank you from the Salvation Army like let me put this pie in your face so you did hit a couple see at least one person or a couple with a one main lead um, who uh, takes on the whole thing gets the pie in the face and I got one with a crust on the top that's what they gave me so I, I guess with that it's become almost a team building for many corporations, and we have incredible support from J.C. Penney and Coca-Cola and the Cowboys. We get to go and pick up the angels that the rookies have gone shopping for, and others in the in the Cowboys organization. Cool. So, it's just an incredible time to connect with the community and see the generosity of people. Uh, is planning and gearing up for Angel Tree is that a year-long process? It is for um, one of our staff members. Really? Yes, it is. And then we hire um, closer to the actual event. We hire more staff so that we don't get overwhelmed when, you know, piles and piles of toys come in because they do. The piles reach very, very high. So the angel trees work. They're they're set up in in strategic locations all around the Metroplex. Mm -hmm. You can take a card and then you're responsible for that angel and then you donate your present and then you guys distribute it. Is that? Yes. And people often wonder, you know, um, how does this actually work? Because you'll see a, a code on the card and then you'll have a first name. So the coding on that card tells us 
where the mall was located and we know where it's going to be distributed from. And then on that code, if it ends in an initial, that's the, that is, if there's two children, there's an A and a B after that number. So that, that card that you pick up will list a want and a um, need. And then a lot of other sizes in case you want to go beyond those things. And um, and then when you visit our warehouse, you can actually see the grid of the numbers and how it's all located. So if you're coming to our warehouse for distribution, you'll get a shopping cart. You'll be handed a, a sheet of paper that tells you what numbers you're looking for. And then you go shopping in our warehouse and bring those back. And there are also forgotten angels that we collect. That means someone has shopped for non-specific child, but in a different a certain price or a, I'm sorry, a certain age range so that we have like a toy store set up. And if a child, um, that person who took the tag didn't return gifts because they had a personal emergency or something like that, then we can put together a really nice package for that child. So you guys might actually have the biggest toy store in the Metroplex at a certain time of year, right? <laughs> yes, but we don't want that word to get out because we don't want <laughs> Santa taking from our area. Fair enough, of, fair enough. Of getting his to... own. Um, we're, we're distributing needed gifts and wanted gifts to yeah. 50,000 kids and special needs adults. How many people are actually taking these angels off of the trees and, and participating? Well, half of those angels come from the the area malls. So 25,000, if you will, are angels that have been taken off of malls in the area. And then the others are called on-site um, adopters. That means it's it's not all corporations. It can be a dental office even. So it's not all, we don't call it corporate adopters because we, we think that um, doesn't send the right message. Some of them are smaller. So uh, another... 25,000 then are adopted that way. Keeping this organized has got to be the most important way to make sure that this runs smoothly. How has that process developed? Has has Have you guys always had the same method of making sure that this runs the way that it runs and keeping things organized? Or has it been kind of retooled or revamped over the last couple of years? It's been 17 years that the same person has done has led this or more even, 20 years. And every single year we start out with briefings in August and we do debriefings in January and we are really fine-tuning what things we could do to improve every single year. And we've even noticed changes. And, you know, they've been doing it for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. But um, we've changed computer systems when we didn't have a flexible enough computer system that could really give us information that was going to be helpful in our planning. So we've definitely made changes every single year. So who is it that's responsible for the angel tree? You said somebody's been in charge of this for almost 20 years. Who is the angel behind the angel trees? Pat Reeman. Pat Reeman. And she is a fantastic wealth of information. And she is really referred to, um, people call her from all over because of the, the complexity of this and because she's been doing it for so long. She's the expert. She is. All right. Let's talk about how these gifts are given. Because I think that's a big thing. So the, the the time frame for when the angel trees are actually going on and happening, that is ended. But I think that the distribution of them is kind of starting now. 
starts tomorrow, and it depends on where the in- our interviews take place in September. Okay. And and October, and wherever that person interviewed, that's who gives them the form that tells them how to come back for their gifts. And so we do keep in touch with them, and they get the specific information for that location. So, for instance, if they interviewed in Arlington, the Arlington Salvation Army has a location not located at our main Dallas warehouse. They have another warehouse. And so anyone that interviewed in Arlington will go to that warehouse for their pickup and get all of their instructions from that location. And we have distribution in Garland and Plano and Denton and um, Irving and Fort Worth and Arlington and Waxahachie. And this truly is a DFW operation. It is. And, and Cedar Crest area and Pleasant Grove and, and Oak Cliff, they all do their own distribution. But then we have a massive amount that is uh, all distributed at um, Fort Worth Warehouse and at a Dallas Warehouse. So you were talking about it, but let's just go ahead and go over it. The, the people that get these gifts, they are vetted. They have gone through an interview process. These aren't just handed out handed out randomly. No, there right. is a there is a method to even the distribution of these gifts. Yes, we we take down that income background and we and we make sure that now that doesn't mean that they're unemployed. They could be the working poor. So um, because they've had. Um, a job that doesn't pay real well and a car that broke down and they've needed to take care of that repair bill that they don't have a great deal that's available. So um, we try to make sure that we are hitting the people who would not be able to provide Christmas for their children otherwise. You're saying that we're distributing gifts to 50,000 people. I saw on your website, SalvationArmyDFW.org, that it was supposed to originally be 45000 and it just keeps going up? Is that— Well, is... actually, yeah, we were a little bit under at one point, and then when we added in our special needs um, angels, it's actually—it's just under. It's 49000 I think, 500 and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just say 50. I did round up. I, <laughs> you caught me there. And no, I... <laughs> I just think it's great that you guys are always expanding, where, where there is no ceiling on what the Salvation Army is willing to do. That if, it, if it, To me, it seems if it can be expanded, it will be expanded. Yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you, our friends in Houston had real challenges this year because their warehouse were all of their supplies and the toys that they had already um, left over that they were ready for to set up for their toy shop. That all got flooded, and those were all destroyed. So we have very good friends that were really sweating it this year. So did you guys help out the the Houston chapter then? Well, we helped out in moral support and a lot of prayer. And then our people, they had come up off-season to actually meet with our people to know some of the specifics of how we set up what we do. Okay, so you're again, you're helping everybody streamline and make sure they're running as smoothly as you guys do. <laughs> yes, it, that's a, a loose you guys because that's a Pat Reeman and and the team. We get we get to cheer them on. Everybody at the Salvation Army DFW. All right. So one of the other big things that you guys do at this time of the year is a, a huge Christmas dinner, and it's a big event for you guys and for all the people that get to participate. So let's do a little bit of learning about the Christmas dinner. Uh, once again, joined by Major John Rich. He is the Metroplex Commander the Salvation Army DFW. Uh, what does this dinner look like? 
Yeah, two of our locations, one on Harry Hines in Dallas and one on Lancaster in Fort Worth, we have a uh, Christmas Day dinner that's open to the public. Anyone who wants to come, there are no requirements uh, to enjoy that dinner. It's a dinner with all the trimmings that you can imagine at Christmas um, with turkey and ham and and all the side um, dishes that you can imagine. And it's really open to whoever wants to be there. They can just maybe be lonely. They're alone on Christmas Day and want to be with other people. Or they can be people who can't afford to buy food and need to be there. So there's really um, there's no barrier um, to entry. And we see you know quite a few people on, on Christmas Day who it really makes their Christmas to be with other people in an upbeat, uh, celebratory location with just great food. I think that I talked to Barbara about this last year that it- – that for a lot of people, this isn't one of those things where, well, I'm going to go volunteer on Christmas Day. It's what their family does on Christmas Day. That is their Christmas. Yeah, yeah. They're, it's both on the volunteer side and on the need side. So, yeah, you have people who've made it a tradition because it really helps them out in their family budget and that kind of thing to have Christmas with the Salvation Army. But then you have volunteers. We've met them who've been there over 20 years in a row because their family, that is their tradition. They serve the meal to the people who are in need. And so it, you see it on both ends, those who are giving back and those who are receiving, and it just turns into just a real joyful occasion. Are we still uh, are we still looking for volunteers? No, volunteers sign up way in advance for both on really? Thanksgiving dinner and for Christmas Day dinner. Yeah, and like I said, a lot of them come back year after year, and they reserve their spot a year in advance. So uh, both, for those that, I mean, yeah. this is radio, both of you kind of giggled the moment I yeah. said, you're still looking for volunteers. Like, no, absolutely, like, we're full. Yeah, for those those events in particular. Now, we have volunteer needs throughout the year. There's no question about it. And people can go on our website and volunteer year-round. It's just that the holidays, we have just lots and lots of people who want to volunteer. And, you know, on a food serving line, which is our volunteer opportunity, and those who are actually taking the meals to the people, there's just a limited number that, that you can use for something like so, that. Uh, so I want to try and get an idea of how big this event is, and then I want to try and figure out how you guys make this happen. So how many people are you expecting to come and eat on Christmas dinner? Yeah, I think at our um, Carpe Collins Center in Dallas, it's over 2,000 people that we expect on that day. And then in the Maybe Center, um, just around 1,000. So it's a smaller group, but... Um, it's a lot of meal. It's a lot of food. So many turkeys. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about feeding 3,000 people mm-hmm. one day. And not even one day, 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Right. So this is a rush. Yeah. Uh, let's talk first about where all this food comes from. Where do you get enough turkey and pumpkin mm-hmm. pie for 3,000 people? Yeah, a lot of it is is donated. We have some great partners like Albertsons, um, grocery store chain, and and other groups that work with Albertsons to help provide a lot of the food. Um, we work with the North Texas Food Bank, you know, to help provide some of the the staples as well. And so we have really good partners that that help us out with that. And then folks who give financially to help support the dinner for things that we have to buy. Um, and so it's really a volunteer, donor-driven event in, in many ways. You may not know this, but how many? do you have an idea of how much food is being cooked? Like, do we know how many pounds of mashed potatoes are being served? Do we know how many turkeys are being I've, consumed? I've actually been told that. Pat Patey knows that Okay, <laughs> Our good friend Pat. But um, I can't remember at this point, but it's a lot. It's, it's got to be, it's gotta be yeah. staggering. All right, mm-hmm. so you're able to feed thousands of people in, in just a few short hours. How many volunteers are helping to make that happen? 
Yeah, we have three to 400 volunteers um, total. So again, they're behind the line serving, um, but they're also taking trays to people. We really see this as an opportunity to serve. So people aren't really waiting in line to get their food. Our volunteers are waiting in the line. They're getting the plates filled, and then they're serving um, the folks that are there to eat. So for the people that are, are volunteering, is there a time when everybody gets their food and everyone sits down to eat? It's in shifts. And so, okay. yeah, it's 1130 to 1, um, but we have groups come in and fill the cafeteria while another group waits in our chapel, and there's music, and there's things going on there. And then that that uh, session ends, and that group leaves, and the next group comes in. And so, you know, because it's so many folks and we want to accommodate as many as possible, um, we have to do it in shifts. Is this dinner kind of considered the the best example of what the Salvation Army is able to put together and provide for the community? Well, I think it's an example of, of people willing to sacrifice, you know, donors willing to give up their Christmas day, you know, to be there to serve others and staff, uh, some of our staff members who kind of uh, trade off year after year and who's going to be uh, who's going to be serving on Christmas and that kind of thing. So it's an example of sacrifice, and it, but it's an example of also the true meaning of the Christmas holiday, right, that, um, that we give to others out of, uh, out of what we have. We give out of the overflow of, of what we've been given. How does the Salvation Army get the word out uh, to people that do want to come and grab Christmas dinner with you? How do most of people find this dinner? Yeah, well, um, some of it is, you know, word of mouth. We, one of our centers, we have 600 residents there on a year-round basis, and, and they're pretty much networked with those in need around the community. Um, other churches and other organizations that we partner with, other homeless shelters, things like that, um, get the word out among, among the needy population. And, so, and then, again, we've been doing it for so many years, people know, and, and they've just heard by word of mouth. Is it fun? We're talking about it being a service that people provide, and it's in the spirit of, of that, that service that this kind of whole thing runs off of. But it seems like it would be a lot of fun to get everybody together and to do this and to, to help other people and just enjoy the food, especially for these people that have been coming out for you know decades and, and being a part of all this. Yeah, it is. It it is fun, and, and I mentioned sacrifice before. But at the end of the day, I think we all know that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so, when you really do give, there's no greater feeling than that you've helped somebody else um, who's in need. So, like I said, it, it turns into a real celebration. All right. So Christmas Day dinner happening on Christmas Day from 11:30 a.m. to 1 p.m. You got two locations that this is happening in Dallas over at the Salvation Army at 5302 Harry Hines Boulevard, and then in Fort Worth at the Salvation Army at 1855 East Lancaster Avenue. Are we doing another microphone switch? Yeah. You, know, you talked about it's in the spirit of giving, and one of the things that we've heard in recent years is that we are often the first opportunity that a parent has to teach their child philanthropy because they pass by a Christmas kettle and the child often asks, Mom, who are those people? What is that? And as she puts that money in their hand, and whether it's coins or a dollar bill or a 10 or 20, um, and she teaches that child to give over that money, she's modeling. She or he, the, the dad, the grandparents are modeling giving and that kind of spirit for a young child. Well, speaking of passing it down through the generations, you two are married, but I saw on your website, which once again is SalvationArmyDFW.org, that you guys are both fifth-generation officers? Yes, we both have all of our—in one line of each of our families, it goes back five generations. So is that great, great, 
great-grandfather, grandmother? Yeah. Great-great. Great-great. Okay. Yep. All right. So you guys, this is this is just a part of who you are as a family, and I think it's a great example of what this organization is capable of doing. And like you were saying, being able to show it through the generations and to help introduce people to service. Yeah, but that sounds almost like it's a family business, and it's anything but that. I mean, I, I crack up at myself because I remember as a kid I would say to my parents, please do not drive that vehicle with a shield on it to pick me up in the pickup line. I do not want to explain to everybody why there is that symbol on my car. And so, you know, we had the we had the magnetic cover-up so that my parents could pull up incognito. And then... I realize when I say to our marketing and communications director, you know, I really think I need a big shield so that I can hold that and make sure that when I'm accepting a check, they understand, you know, this is the Salvation Army. What have you become? I know. And I even said to John when we first started dating, I, somebody's told me that you might be called to be a Salvation Army officer. Like, I know that you're majoring in uh, business and, and I, I've heard that you're planning on, you know, becoming a CPA with a big firm. Please tell me you don't plan to be a Salvation Army officer. <laughs> and I'm the same person that then said, hey, you know, I think we should pray about this and make sure that that's not what God has in mind for us. And sure enough, he did. And here, here we are. are. So are your kids involved with the organization? They are not. They are not. They um, they are involved in our faith, but they have um, not chosen to follow in our footsteps in the Salvation Army. And that's fine with us. That is absolutely fine. Very interesting. Maybe they'll come around like you did. <laughs> well, or we have nieces and nephews that might as well. Always, I was going to say, there's always there's always family that uh, <laughs> they could be converted. That's right. But... Into what you guys are doing. All right, let's let's talk about the website once again, SalvationArmyDFW.org. Anything that we are talking about today, you can find information about that on your website. You're always looking for volunteers. Things like the Christmas dinner and, and then that sort of stuff, it's already full up. But as you were saying, volunteer opportunities all year round for doing many, many different things. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So we've gone through the dinner. We've gone through Angel Tree. Have we really talked about the kettles? I don't think we've really mentioned the kettles. Yeah, well, the kettles, everyone knows us for that. And, and once again this year at the halftime show at the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving game was our national kettle kickoff that they've been doing now. That was the 21st year that the Cowboys have, have hosted that. And um, it, it airs nationwide. And so that's our real big kickoff. And here in the DFW area, we have um, over 600 locations, stores that have invited us to come and ring the bell outside of wow. the store. Uh, we're not a- always able to fill all those locations for lack of uh, manpower, um, but we certainly are all over the place and people see our kettles. And a lot of people don't realize that um, that money is money that we don't just use it at Christmas. It's a key fundraiser for us for what we do throughout the whole year. And our goal this year in you know nickels, dimes, quarters, dollars is two point three million. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is that an average number, or is that are you yeah. guys trying to break a record? No, no. I mean, that's a little up from last year because I think we have one more day of ringing this year. So, you know, <laughs> it depends on when Thanksgiving hits. We kind of either oh, gain okay. some days or lose some days. And so this year um, was one of the longer bell ringing seasons for us. So. Does it start on Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving? Um, it Traditionally. Goes full out, it starts the day after Thanksgiving on Black okay. Friday. There are some stores that let us out. Before Thanksgiving, but really the full effort begins the day after Thanksgiving. And according to my notes, the kettles end on December 23rd. Yep. Um, Christmas Eve this year is on a Sunday, and we don't ring our bells on Sunday, so we're actually going to end a day earlier um, on the day before Christmas Eve. What do you, What do the kettles see mostly? Is it nickels? Is it 
quarters? Is it dollars? Do you know what is the most abundant cash piece that yeah. the kettles actually end up holding? I'd say $1 bills. Really? Are the biggest, yeah. I mean, I, we've been a part of groups that help count the money, you know, at the end of the day. And um, there's a ton of paper money in those kettles, believe it or not. Is there, do you guys have like a, I'm not joking, do you have a bank vault that holds all of this cash before it can be converted into like a traditional bank account? Yeah, we have, um, we work with a uh, uh, armored car company. Okay. <laughs> that, so we count them at our, you know, at our at a key location that's very secure. We hire security and all those kinds yeah. of things. Um, I like a key location. Yeah, I like that. Very key, nice. Key, I like that. Undisclosed locations. All right. Metroplex. But anyway, we do, you know, we're very concerned about security and, and keeping everything under lock and key. And, and then we have um, armored cars that pick it up. And uh, we have coin counters and all kinds of things to count all the coins because we do see tons of coins as well. There's no question. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, that's a big operation too, just counting all that money. Is there any <laughs> chance that you have maybe personally seen over $1 million with your own eyeballs? Um, I mean, not all at one time. You know, it takes us the whole season to raise $2 million. So on a big day in the Metroplex, we could raise as much as $200,000. That's amazing. Yeah. And that all goes back to the organization to make sure that you guys are funded throughout the year and making sure that you're helping we're yeah. millions of people potentially across the Metroplex. Well, it actually stays, all that money stays locally. So, for instance, our Plano location operates the stores in Plano, and all that money stays in Plano. The Waxahachie does the same thing. Or ah, that's right. No, it's important. Yeah. And that's super important to note. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't go to some random place. The money no. you donate stays in your area. So you actually are helping out the Salvation Army in your area. Yep, yep. So if you see that store in Frisco, it stays in Collin County. Um, if you see in Denton, it stays in the Denton area, et cetera. All right, guys. It's a busy time of year. I'm really glad that you made time to stop by and talk about all the great stuff that you do. I love seeing you. I hope that this turns into its own tradition, and uh, I I really appreciate the time. I've been speaking with Major Barbara Rich and Major John Rich. They're the Metroplex commanders of the Salvation Army DFW. To learn more about all the good things that they do for the area, log on to SalvationArmyDFW.org. Guys, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate being here. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.